ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another In Theaters Now edition of Movie Mastery. I am John. That is Jeff. That's me. We are your hosts. We are watching the movies you go send us to watch. And we watched The Bay Watch. Why did you send us to this? Well, probably because of The Rock, which I love. I mean, I love The Rock, too, but this was a waste of The Rock. This is a rare example of a wasted rock. Yeah. I mean, God, let's... I mean, we'll jump right into it right now. The uh, the movie, not great. I'm nope. going to go ahead and say that right now. The critics were right. Yeah, I mean, I looked it up after the show. The movie has like a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics, and then like a 70% for the audience view, which means that many audience members are highly entertained with uh dick and boob jokes and that's all they need well, i assume also just boobs yeah pretty much like boobs and crotch shots is pretty much what this movie is getting voted up on now before let me answer the question for you if you were on the fence about whether or not you, sh- you should go see this there are no exposed breasts none so if you were hoping that this thing has an r rating because you're gonna get to see alexandra daddario's boobs again you are not just go watch the first season of whatever the fuck that was true lies or something uh True Detective, I think. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's the only place you get to see them. They're not in this. Yeah, you, there is some dongus though. Yeah, boy, you know, boy, how do you get some dongus? If you've been waiting your whole life to see the dong of Oscar from The Office, <laughs> then here you get to see a fake dong that is purportedly attached to his dead body. Yeah. So, man, this uh, this movie is. I'll sum it up by saying it is trying to be a parody almost of the original show Mm -hmm. but it is also trying to be a full-on action movie and what ends up happening is that neither one of these works yes it's like they were like well okay we're going to use this Baywatch to do sort of a parody of the old like tv show and have a fun time doing Baywatch jokes and what have you but we also need to set up a dynamic new action franchise to compete with triple x like the whole thing feels Sort of like if uh, if Bad Boys had been a movie that uh, was like based on a TV show, because it it's a lot of we're gonna try and joke around, but also do some action sequences. But instead of dedicating like, oh, we're a funny action movie, or we're a comedy that has some action. So basically, the difference between say a Bad Boys or a Twenty One Jump Street, they really split the difference and. None of the jokes land. Oh, yeah, not one. There are so many just sad moments in this movie that are supposed to be great, hilarious new jokes. Yeah, every time there was a punchline beat in this movie, I would basically sit in my chair, nod, and go, I recognize that as a joke you were trying to tell. This joke could have been over 15 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the ones that are the anatomy jokes, Mm -hmm. which... I'm going to go ahead and say is probably about 80% of this movie is talking about boobs or dicks or whatever. Yeah. And those jokes go on way too long. The other 20% is, I, I want to say maybe, what, a thousand hours of jokes about how the premise of Baywatch was dumb? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to have a joke acknowledging that. I mean, obviously, you want to have that if you're doing a comedy version of an old weird show i mean i'll bring 21 jump street up again you have to sort of acknowledge that your premise is ridiculous but then you get on with it yeah but the movie just keeps bringing it up it's like the only joke they can think of the the jokes they had in mind were 
oh, this slightly chubby guy sure is in love with this sexy lady. Uh, what if two guys kissed? And uh, let's see what else. Baywatch doesn't make sense as a, as a thing. Yeah, it's, that's, that's all they had. It's not great. Uh, so, spoiler free, we'll end here with us basically saying, not worth it. Just give this one a pass. Yeah, even if you're a huge fan of you know, character actor luminaries like Oscar Nunez or Rob Hubel, you can still just check them out in other places. Yeah, uh, there's just not anything going on in this movie to make it a recommend. Yep. So uh, we will be right back after a short interlude with the actual full spoiler-free review or spoilered review. <laughs> yeah, no, let's let's definitely do the whole review spoiler-free as well. Oh, yeah, we're just not going to mention anything. We're just going to bitch for about an hour about how awful this was. Maybe Zac Efron was in it. No spoilers, though. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> All right, we will be right back with more Baywatch. are back it is time to really dig deep get right into that nitty-gritty lift up the ball sack of Baywatch I'm gonna go ahead John you know I, I want to if I could just sound a little bit too much like a reviewer for a moment like oh yeah into, if, I, if I could just really dig down into my critical analysis thinking tools this movie was bad yeah no it was real bad yeah I okay so Oh boy, plot. Uh, well, it, it starts. It starts fairly promising. I was gonna say when this movie started out, I was like, "Man, I I had high hopes going in because most of the audience stuff that I had heard going in was fairly positive." Yeah, people were like, "Oh, it's actually really funny," and obviously everyone loves The Rock, so hey, it's great. So we open with some unusually trebly club music over a beach. And then some people are, are like a guy. Oh, he's windsurfing. There's a guy out there doing some para windsurfing or whatever it is when you have a, you're on a surfboard and you're being dragged along by a big kite. Yeah. And he cracks his head on some rocks. And so the rock stands up to rescue him. Yeah. The, the movie starts with mostly just the rock running around being awesome. Yes. He saves a guy. He's taking a jog along the beach and just. He knows like, everybody. He yeah, speaks, everybody knows him. He speaks fluent California surf boy, which is weird because what's that guy doing there when this is very clearly Florida? Yeah, it is very much. But, I mean, you know, if you're in a place that has, you know, real crunchy waves or whatever the fuck, then yeah, sure, I'm some put, other guys are going to be there. I guess he, he must have, because Rock picked up his language pretty efficiently since he is very clearly speaking gnarly, uh, like, oh man, I'm mostly out at Trestles Bra type surf boy yeah. from California, and here he is just surfing what is repeatedly called Emerald Bay. Yes. Now, Emerald Bay, if you're curious, is the smaller, no, the larger of the two harbors uh, that are not the big harbor on Catalina Island off the shore of California. Uh, it's not, it's also not a beach. It's a bay. Yeah. So the fact that there's surfers and waves and stuff is, and, you know, a horizon that you can see off in the distance that's just the ocean is a little disconcerting. I, I've been confused about, I guess it could be like Monterey Bay where it's a big open half moon. Maybe. But but it's clearly Florida. Yeah, it is very clearly supposed to be Florida. Yeah, down to the point where they have to go into the canals and 
jet ski past people's houses, you know, like in like in uh, the Bad Boys movies. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I originally brought it up is because yeah. so much of this felt like a Bad Boys 2 type thing. I'm surprised this movie didn't have a scene where they tended to a wounded manatee. <laughs> but anyway, Emerald Bay, some fictional city that is basically Florida, has its big sexy beach and... Yeah, The Rock is clearly the local hero already. There's a guy who is making a sand sculpture of him every day because The Rock once saved his sister's life. Oh, yeah. The the whole beginning montage is just The Rock going past people where he has saved someone related to them, and everyone loves him. Everyone's like, you're the best, The Rock. And I'll say this, it felt much better than a lot of the masturbatory scenes you get in a lot of these types of movies. Oh, yeah, because it's The Rock. If it had been Vin Diesel at the start of this movie, even if the dialogue had been the same, I would have hated it more. Yeah. Well, the the problem is it felt like in all those other movies with Vin Diesel and whatnot, like he's just the centerpiece and everyone is bowing before him. Yes. Whereas in this one, The Rock's like going around, he's having fun, he's, he's goofing with people, he's more charismatic and it feels more lighthearted yeah. rather well, than, like, really trying to be self-congratulatory. Yeah. Well, just imagine how he would have done, how that sand sculpture scene would have gone with uh, Vin Diesel instead of The Rock. We would have had him walk by and be the uh, sand sculptor would say something like, Hey, how you doing there, Vin Diesel? You don't need to do that every day. Well, I, I want to because you saved my sister's life. I did save your sister's life. That's right. I guess you should do that every day. <laughs> oh, well, okay, but... Make sure you, do you want me to make sure you have a big dick? The dick is the heart of the body. <laughs> you you use the dick inside your heart to determine what how you should live your life and keep that respect inside you about your dick heart of your body dick. Oh, my dick heart. Yeah, that's that's oh, how that would have gone. Dick heart, because because he has to do everything in sort of a, a serious tone where the rock can just be like, make sure my dick looks big, big dick, and just runs along. Yeah, and that was. Probably the only time where I was like, ah, yeah, he's he's making a reference to his dick. That's kind of funny. But that is the rest of the humor in this. Yeah. Like, the first time you get it, you're kind of like, heh, okay, you made a dick joke. That's that's nice. Yeah. But by the end of this movie, you're like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. It's, oh, it's just the worst. So he's running around on the beach. He discovers a bag of drugs in the hands of a little boy who just found it in the water. Uh, that's going to be super important going through in the movie. Uh, the drug is called Flaca. Yeah. And it is alternately described as like meth on cocaine or like ecstasy on meth or whatever. Bath salts on meth is what he calls it originally. Yeah, bath salts on meth. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's those are the kind of jokes that you're going to get in this movie is the bath salts on meth, make sure my dick looks big in your sand sculpture. So here's here's the thing that, that was bothering me about this movie. The drug is described a number of times as being some sort of super drug that makes you unbelievably like high and whatever. We never see anyone really on it. I mean, there's one scene where there's some women on it, but they're like in a fire, so they're freaking out. Oh, yeah. I was kind of expecting that one of the main characters would get hit with this shit so we could watch someone stumble around all high. Well, yeah, because we never find out what the drug actually does. Yeah. Like, we don't know, all right, is this like... A super upper is this hallucinogenic? What does this do? It was just this is a drug and it's it's potent. Okay, it's just a bag of silica silica gel. Do not eat. And there's there's even a point late in the film where uh fucking 
Efron is in the water and opens up one of these bags. Oh yeah, and watches it float past him. And I was one I'm right there with you. One hundred percent. I was expecting that to be him popping up out of the water and be like, "I found it! I found it!" Also, these dolphins can talk. Yeah, I was super expecting there to be a high scene, and no, there wasn't. I was like, "Man, you have this entire movie that's supposed to be like." A weird parody comedy thing. You've got a fake drug, and you're not doing a drug scene. What is wrong with this movie? Can we talk about how Zac Efron is grossly muscled now? Good God. There, man, the, the scene where he, at the beginning, after we get all this, he tries to try out for the uh, the Baywatch thing because he's got to do community service. Yeah, he's basically right. Uh, uh, Zac Efron's point in this movie is... To be sort of a parody of Ryan Lochte? Yeah, pretty much. So if you've already forgotten who Ryan Lochte was because you don't remember anything about the Olympics when the Olympics aren't happening, uh, Ryan Lochte was a, a really good American swimmer who kind of burned out a lot and like pre- like tried to break his way into a bathroom and blamed it on local robbers and stuff. Oh, yeah. So in this case, he's playing sort of a, I'm a gold medalist, but I'm also a total burnout. And I, I drink too hard. And I abandon my friends and I only swim for me. Yeah. So he's supposed to be on this uh, like lifeguard team as a community service thing because he's lost all of his uh, like right. support and yeah. all of his deals and everything else, and he's apparently homeless. So he does the uh, like tryout well, thing. Well, sort of. He skips the, the initial tryouts because he, he believes he should just be assigned to the team. Yeah. And then The Rock makes up some new tryouts for him, which is just weird. Well, the, the first thing he does is he goes onto this like uh, American Ninja Warrior ridiculous tryout machine thing. Yeah. And that entire scene, I'm like, man, you are just, just sinew. You are. Oh, he looks unpleasant. God. He looks like he's made out of John Baysdow's. Oh, God. I guess like, John's Baysdow. Yeah, John's Baysdow. How is your Baysdow, by the way? <laughs> How's your Baysdow doing? <laughs> Get into it. Really, really tell me about your Baysdow. <laughs> I'm Mark Marin. Yeah, the I'm mad at a bunch of people who own comedy clubs. Now tell me about your bays down. <laughs> he he has like too many abs. He oh, yeah. is he's just, just he's just gross and sinewy and leathery. He went too far. Too yeah. so, like The Rock has always been like, okay, you're a giant muscle monster, but you're so charismatic that it's okay. And when you look at him, you're like, dude, that's just a, a huge guy. Like yeah, that's, that's just a very large man. That's just a bunch of beef and, and sexy, sexy beef at that. But with this guy, it's like it's like looking at one of those dudes who's been cut in half and turned to plastic in a museum exhibit. I was going to say, he basically is like one stripped skin layer away from being a bodies like, exhibit. Yeah, he's basically a living bodies exhibit, and it's just, it, it's gone too far. He's not sexy. He's gross looking. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I can see all of your veins and musculature. It's it's kind of weird. You're like the visible man. It is, it's just bleh. Except a visible land covered in a thick layer of pebbly leather. Yeah, and uh, so he finishes the American Ninja Warrior course, and then The Rock is like, no, that's not the real test. Here's the real test. And then they do fucking, like, World's American... man. Yeah, the strongman competition. Yeah, they're, like, flipping truck tires and carrying refrigerators on poles and stuff. Which, at that point, I go, well, yeah, no shit, The Rock, you win. Like, no it's, one else on your fucking team is going to be able to do that. All right, for our next event, you have to be able to be the first to produce a driver's license with The Rock's name on it. Here we go. Oh, I win. Hey. <laughs> After that, you have to be the first person who's technically starring in this movie. Go, I win. Yeah, it, <laughs> what a dick. No, the, the whole tryout thing for him was just 
strength competitions. There was no endurance. There was no swimming. There was nothing. It was just see if you can lift heavy stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, when someone's out there drowning, you get out there and you pop their head like a grape. That's, yeah. that's the only thing you can do. That's it. What if they're caught between two narrow pillars, sir? Oh, they're dead. Oh, they're, they're done. They're dead. I mean, you could try and break one of the pillars with your giant beef arms, uh, but you're probably going to kill a lot of people on the pier. But since you can't get between those pillars to them, they're just dead. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. Incidentally, most of my job <laughs> involves flipping little Volkswagens over so I can get them out of the way of things. Yeah. <laughs> Just just doing giant-ass tire flips is what most of this job is. <laughs> it's like, why the rock? Also, what is up with this beach? It has an American Ninja Warrior course. It's covered in motorcycles directly on the sand. Oh, yeah. And, and the fact that just ready to go, they're like, oh, here's like two fridges attached to a pole. Two sets of two fridges attached to a pole. So they also have a World's Strongest Man competition just lying around. Just waiting to go. What is this beach all about? What's There's like four piers. <laughs> this beach is... Completely nonsensical, but I wouldn't have as much of a problem with that if they had gone full parody. If they had yeah. just been full 100% ridiculous nonsense, I would have been like, all right, you got a dumb beach, that's fine. Yeah, they refused to go that far. Let's introduce a few of the other characters. Besides, Oh, one last thing I want to say about Zac Efron. When he arrives, he arrives in his ripped up shirt on his little motorcycle like he does, and then he parks his motorcycle in the middle of a sidewalk, gets off and wanders away. And that's it. Apparently, motorcycle parking is just do what the fuck ever you want. Well, that that's just part of the beach. The beach is just do whatever beach. Just, just, just leave shit wherever, man. No one likes lying on the sand. We like lying amidst heaps of little four-wheel drive motor scooters and, and uh, jeeps and stuff. There is the scene where our tubby friend who wants to be a lifeguard because he is in love with does this version an, of CJ. Does that guy have an analog on Baywatch? I never really watched it, so I'm not sure. No. Because Matt Brody is definitely like I, Brody was the one of the other lifeguards on Baywatch. I'm fairly sure. I think he might have been the the one. No, I'm thinking of Kobe because there's like a little swimmer boy. Well, there's. I mean, Swim, we have our main fell. Mitch Hello. and CJ and whatnot. Yeah, and and the one piece short hair bathing suit lady is the one who's like the second in charge of everything. But she never. She's not really all that important. She's no. there. But and you've got CJ and like you were saying. This new tub, tubby dude, he's not even tubby. No, he's just... He's just a normal guy in a world of sculpted low, ultra bodies. Yeah, it's the the thing is, everyone in this movie, from main characters to background characters, is just model quality hot. Yeah. And so when you see a dude who's like, hey, I'm just like a regular guy, I, I you would see me on the street and not think anything of it. You're like, oh man, look at that tubby son of a bitch. Oh, look at butter chunks. But no, he's just like a guy. Yeah, he's just some dude. So he's got a stupid movie style crush on CJ. The CJ in this movie played by what Kelly Rohrbach or something like that, uh, who is actually pretty serviceable in playing a CJ style role. Yeah, she was fine. So he's out there on the beach messing with a drone or something. He's doing some kind of drone work. We don't know. Yeah, they, he is supposed to be in like engineering and tech and whatnot, and he is testing a drone for its conditions in windy environments. Yeah, playing uh, alongside him is one of my favorite comedians, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, he's there and has a minor role in this. But the whole point he's doing this is basically just to see CJ, and we find out that he also wants to try out for the uh, the lifeguarding position that is open. Mostly because he has a big crush on CJ, who we get our first of, I, I want to say, five jokes here now about how she appears to be in slow motion all the time. Yes, this is one of the repeat jokes, is just the slow motion nonsense, which will come up like 
five times. Yes, and let's just get this out of the way. This could have been a good joke, the running in slow motion. All you needed to do was do a set piece where someone's drowning, and then they drown, and then she's still running along in slow motion towards them. You know, that just you know the standard Baywatch joke, but instead it comes to nothing. They're just like, she runs in slow motion. Yeah, it's because she's hot. Done. Yeah, it's the, oh man, it, it just looks like she's running real slow. Oh, wow, you see it too? And we're done. Yeah, that's all. And we get that same joke another three or four times. Yeah, so to give you the fucking something about Mary caliber of comedy in this movie, he begins choking at one point and CJ saves him. And the, God, the the, saving gives him a big old boner. Yeah, I was going to say the Heimlich maneuver gives him the biggest erection ever because CJ is touching him. Mm -hmm. He then falls down onto a, like one of those slatted wood benches Mm -hmm. and his junk gets caught in between the slats. And we spend a good fucking like 10 minutes on this dick joke. Yeah, this this friggin' dick joke lasts as long as your average episode of Adventure Time. Oh, we're we're gonna use that R rating because we're gonna go down and show you the outline of his his dick and balls between these slats. We're gonna come back up. We're gonna get the rock involved. Yeah, CJ's gonna show back up because he does the thing where he does a, a a dive onto this chair to get away from her. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh I, no, I don't want her to see my boner. I don't want anyone to look at my bone bone. So he jumps into a chair and gets stuck, and then Hannibal Burris is looking at it, and he's like, I-, I won't lie to you, man. It looks real bad. And he's like, well, let me- can you get down there and push it and help me? And Burris is like, no, I, I can't do that, because I do not want to. And then when he turns around again, there's CJ, and she's like, oh, no, you're stuck. You're stuck by your dick. I hope this isn't embarrassing. Here, I will touch you, and it will help you. And he's like, no, no, don't touch me. Don't, No, no one touch me. And then the Rock has to show up, and then there's a bunch of audience members. Yeah, and at one point... He's standing up and still has this entire bench wrapped around his dongus. And you're like, man, I got it. I got the joke. He had a boner. How funny. You've spent 10 minutes on this very one-note joke. Yeah, and then they finally end it with The Rock just sort of pushing him so he falls over and the chair breaks. You'd think they would have just been like, oh, uh, you're caught between these two slats. Let me just break one of these slats and it's fine. But no. I figured, here's here's how I thought the joke was going to go. He'd get a fireman's carry with two people holding the chaise lounge and just walk him directly into the ocean so that his dick would shrink and he could come out from between the chair. Yeah, but no, no, it's just just lots of dick talk for about 10 minutes. And that is the quality of gags you are getting in this. Yeah, and this is all happening before the big lifeguard tryouts because we also have to get a scene where this that Robbie by Ronnie Ronnie, Ronnie. But gets a scene where he takes off his shirt to get ready for the lifeguard competition. So we can all laugh at his not especially muscly body and his ridiculous nipple hair. Just the entire point of that scene is here are a ton of sculpted, ridiculous, uh, like lifeguard wannabes. And this guy takes his shirt off and he's like, I have no definition. No definition. A ridiculous fake uh, application of nipple hair and a Zangief style chest triangle. Okay, sure. Why not? And then he goes swimming, and and they have to point out, wow, that boy's got, like, no quit in him. Yeah, because he'll, like, they do that climb over a wall thing that you see in all those training montages for, like, armies and whatnot. He goes up and kind of falls down, but gets back up and keeps running. So they're like, oh, man, this is the third time he's tried out for this, and he just, he wants it so bad, and he's got no quit. So... Eventually, it's revealed that there are three people who will be accepted into Baywatch this year, and wouldn't you know it, they are Matt Brody, otherwise known as Zac Efron, uh, this guy, 
this uh, Ronnie fellow, and Alexandra Daddario, who we probably forgot to mention until this point, because the only thing the movie does with her is say, hey, look how hot she is. Don't look at her, though. Oh, yeah. No, the the introduction of her is Zac Efron hitting on her, and that is her character for this movie. Yes. It is a object for Brody to essentially lust after, and that's all. Yeah, like, yeah. At, none of the female characters in this are pretty much anything but sex objects, except for... Well, the villain, because, I mean, she's only se- she's a sex object, but at least she has a plan. Yeah, at least she's doing something. Yeah. Because CJ and uh, Daddario are both just sex objects in this. Like, they are both prizes to be won by our characters. Yeah, like, they're both competent swimmers, and CJ actually does some lifeguard work here and there, but, I mean, every joke involving CJ is another, oh my gosh, my boobs joke. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, God, I can't even remember, Summer. Summer is her name. Yeah, Summer is Alexander Daddario. And the last one that never gets to do anything is Stephanie. Yeah, Summer and CJ, every single scene they have, any joke that is with them, instead of it being like, oh, I have something clever to say, or what a funny situation, it's always, aw, you're looking at my boobs. What if I bounce them? Would you keep looking at them then? Oh, my God. I would, yes. Oh. Hey, you want to cut to the next scene? Okay, here we go. Well, that would be fun. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like, I kept waiting for at least one of them to do something, and while well, they'll help out in the rescues, like, the big rescue that they have, like, one of the first ones is there is a boat on fire. Mm-hmm. And they all get out there, but the only person who goes onto the boat is The Rock. Yeah. So The Rock saves everyone from the boat. CJ is technically in the water getting the people that The Rock throws out back to a boat, but we don't really see her do anything. So she's sort of support in this mission. And then uh, Efron tries to get onto the boat and fails because the boat's on fire, and that's it's just a scene where he, he fails. And that's the other characters just hang around on the boat and kind of comment on the situation yeah it's the rock gets to be a big hero efron gets to learn a lesson about listening to his superiors and that's it Mm -hmm. and that's all the way through this movie like they introduce all these characters and then it just turns into your standard grade rock and one other guy buddy comedy uh which i now that i think about it is like every rock movie (laughs) you think about every movie the rock is in he's either the villain in a couple cases in which case he gets to be alone or he's got a buddy to play off of and the buddy is always a bro no man Stuff like the Tooth Fairy or any of his, like, family comedy level things. I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm thinking about stuff like Journey to the Mysterious Island. Even in that one, he gets to hang around with Luis Guzman. Which, come on, man, that would be great. Who doesn't want to hang around with Luis Guzman? Right. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not faulting him. I'm just saying, what happened to poor Ilfanesh Hadera, who had to play Stephanie in this movie, the second in command of the beach? She is immediately usurped and set aside and given no lines. Yeah, the beginning of the movie... She's right there with The Rock, and she's being, like, super competent and confident, and you're like, oh, okay, you're going to be one of the other people that's in charge of stuff. And then she just kind of disappears until they need to do a group shot. I'll be in the background if you need me. Goodbye. Yeah, it's, oh, we need everyone to go to this party. All right, I will be in this party shot, but then I am done. Yeah. Oh, boy. The Rock in this has to always be insulting Zac Efron, so... He refuses to call him by his real name and instead calls him by the various names of boy bands and sexy dudes. 
Yeah, so he basically gets the Scrubs treatment. Yes. Now, let's be clear here. Zac Efron may have a little bit of a, of a boy band haircut in the movie because he's got kind of an undercut with a long top that's greased and slicked back or whatever. But calling him things like Jonas Brother makes no sense. Mm. He should be calling him Tanning Bed and Trying Too Hard huh. and, and Gross Muscle ma- Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Pop's Body Double. Shit like that. Instead of what he's like, oh come on, new kid on the block, let's get let's go rescue them. I'm like, dude, the new kids on the block were hot. <laughs> hey man, just because you don't think Efron is hot doesn't Efron mean he is, is hot. Efron was ludicrously hot and shit like neighbors. That was where he was the correct amount of muscular. This is too much. Uh, uh, uh. This is where the this is where the levee broke and the water began to roll back. And as it rolled back, it took the sandcastle that used to be Zach Efron's amazing body and revealed the pile of gross sinew beneath it. Yep, you need. Just a, just a little bit of body fat, man. Just a bit. Just a touch. Just a touch and moisturize. Your tan looks dis- disturbing. <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, looks like he's made a naga hide. The fucking villain of this is a, uh, a lady entrepreneur who is only selling drugs so she can kind of ruin the reputation of the beach because she wants to get all of the property along the beach so that she can make it a private beach, and I don't understand what the end goal of making it a private beach is. Oh, come on, man. You heard her entire plan. We know what's going on. When she was a child in some country, probably, the movie wants you to think it's probably India, because it's Priyanka Chopra, who we would remember as the love interest from Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Uh, (laughs) Great. Good times there. Nor does this movie should just be added into the triptych of those types of films. Uh. But anyway, Priyanka Chopra says, when I was a child, my younger brother was given the family business, even though I deserved it, because, but he got it because he was a man. And that's why I decided that I would never let that happen. And I came to America and I started dealing drugs so I could buy this entire bay. And why won't anyone let me do it at the end? That's my, that's my motivation and my plot. Yeah, the whole villain motivation is, I want to own this beach. Okay, is there an end game to this? Like, What happens when you do? What do you get that's different? Yeah, I'm like, okay, you're... You're selling drugs, but you've said that the drugs are basically just to drive the prices down so that the owners that are along the beach will sell you their property. I mean, the question with that is, why is she doing it then? Like, why connect yourself to the drug business if the only point of the drug business is for it to be skeevy and gross? Well, I mean, I guess she is also making money off of it. But the the other thing is, if I own all of the property near a beach... I do not own that beach. No, it still belongs to the city. Although they make a big point in this movie of her owning all the local politicians as well and thinking that the idea is that she will be sold the bay as soon as she owns the property around it. Which is weird. Yes. It's really weird that they're like, oh yeah, if you can get like two dudes to sell their businesses to you, then we'll just let you buy the beach. And I'm like, dude, if... If you're going to let her buy the beach, let her buy the beach and then have that dude have his business on it. Yeah. Who gives a shit? What's going on? What is the problem here? I so. just, I cannot understand the, I want a private beach as a motivation for a villain. It's weird. It, it is super weird. I, okay. So, so she exists in the movie and is, uh, I mean, uh, you're right. Her, her motivation makes, I'm sorry. I tried to move it along, but I can't. No. No. Her, her motivation makes no sense. Why did she invent the world's greatest super drug? only to drive the property values down in a small area. That, w- that shit would be like a little mini 80s. Uh, all, people would be flocking to there to try the new crazy designer drug. Yeah, it's so weird. And you only see it, like, occasionally throughout the movie. And again, here's one more missed opportunity for, like, weird drug things happening in this, is, 
uh, when the rock finds that little baggie on the beach, mm-hmm. he shows the uh, like the guy in the city who's in charge of lifeguards. Yeah, he's the like the he police is. chief of lifeguards. That's Rob Hubel's character. Yeah, and he shows it to him, and he's like, "Oh, Flocka, well, I'll I'll give this to the police." And you're like, "Oh, this guy's obviously taking this drug." Yeah, but there is never a scene where that happens. Well, I think it, it it's because he's in league with uh, with what's her face uh, Leeds is the villain's yeah. name Victoria Leeds. Like I figured that because he is also on her payroll, that he was just going to bury the the drug and not draw attention to it. I one hundred percent assumed he was he was taking it because he was like, oh, uh, a drug. I will definitely get rid of this drug. Oh yeah, directly up my butt or whatever it is that you do with this one. Yeah, uh, you cook it with a spoon and use a rubber band to fire it into your eyes like a flugie. <laughs> Remember those? Am I saying it right? Is it flugy? I don't know, man. Remember that was like you took a piece of paper and you folded it up real tight into a little arrow and you shot it with a with a rubber band at someone. Dude, I I don't know. I never did that. You never did that shit, huh? No, right. man. I was I was a nice child and I would never do anything mean. Well, yeah, but sh- certainly you probably had one or two of them ping off the side of your head because you were viewed as harmless and gentle, <laughs> like a like a passing cow. Yeah, like a hippo that just happened to be in the classroom. <laughs> I, I am basically a manatee that exists on land. Yeah, and if a manatee existed on land, I would be constantly shooting it with rubber bands. And it would just be like, hey, hey, if my skin was less than 14 inches thick, that would bother me. Golly. It's not, though. Here we go. <laughs> I hope there's no motorboats around here. Who would like to do a gentle dance? A doop. <laughs> Who's got some lettuce for a guy? This is great. Thanks, everyone. I'm John. <laughs> and the whole time, I'd be right behind you going, oh my god, I'm going to hit this guy with a big enough rubber band that he will notice. <laughs> you could have a paper mache fit my face on your back from all the spitballs I'd have been shooting at you. Uh, like, notice, you big gi- giant doof. Do it. Notice me. <laughs> Witness me. Accept my bullying. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's okay. I understand you need to act out. I'm going to go watch Tiny Toon Adventures. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, I hope it's the They Might Be Giants one. Oh, doo doo <laughs> And oh, that, John High School Manatee. That that was my life. John the High School Manatee. <laughs> All right, so what the hell were we talking about? Oh, the police chief taking the drug. Yeah. Yeah, either way, it would have made sense to follow up on that lead a little bit and, and determine what the police chief was all about. Someone should be doing this drug at some point. But the real thing is, if he's like, oh, really, a drug, I'll, I'll handle that. You give that directly to me and don't say anything to anyone about it. No, if the only point of the drug is to drive the property values down, why are we keeping it a secret? We should have news crews everywhere being like, a deadly new drug has been discovered in this location. Are your kids already high on it? Probably. News at 11. God knows I am. That's what should have... Instead, they're all like, no, it's a super secret drug operation. We're smuggling it in here. No, don't. Just bring it in in trucks and shit until the property values go down like you wanted. Yeah, I just... Fucking... The entire plot is inscrutable to me for what's going on here. And like you said, they, they drop a lot of these plot points where, you know... The the head guy t- sort of being in the villain's pocket and yeah. maybe being on drugs, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Hannibal Burris is working for her and is like her IT guy, and just we get a scene of that and then he dies. Well, yeah, because he tries to blackmail her and she has him killed and fed to sharks. But even then, 
like later on it's sort of like oh the only reason that they did that is they wanted the body to show up so that it would look bad for the beach yeah so that they could get uh mitch fired because he's playing mitch buchanan which was you know uh hasselhoff's character in the original show yeah uh anyway the rock is 100 percent obsessed to trying to track down this drug and so the, the running theme of the movie becomes he is not doing any lifeguarding ever he does he's, he's instead he's running around solving crimes and going to nightclubs where he continues to try and solve crimes which would be again something where if this was a full parody i'd be like oh, i get it you're a lifeguard you never do lifeguarding haha remember baywatch where they never did any lifeguarding yeah except the movie starts so heavy-handedly with him being like you always have to be on the lookout and i'm i've got like superman senses for when anyone is in danger and i know they're gonna be needing rescuing before they even need rescuing and i'm the best lifeguard ever. all i care about is the beach and the people on the beach and that is the life i have chosen and once you choose this life it's your only life incidentally let's go to a club and solve a case anyway i'm gonna be out of here and i'm not gonna be back for a long time let's go to the morgue yeah, also, it, it's clearly apparent that there are a bunch of other lifeguards there. Like, anytime there's a shot of the lifeguards in a group, there's like 30 of them. Well, they, I mean, there are at least three that I kept seeing in the background. Yeah. And every the, time it would be like, oh, we're doing a thing. And I'd see one of these other lifeguards walking around. I go, man, you just do not give a shit about these other guys. You're not part of it, are you? You just said no on the second or third day when they were like, come on, guys, we have to solve the mystery of the jellyfish. And they were like, uh no no we're no, good i gotta go separate the swimmers and surfers yeah I, we're I, you know we're gonna do our job and he was like oh you spoil sports well i'm not gonna talk to you anymore uh, you really let me down at the case of the haunted cove and they're <laughs> like yeah it that was stupid and someone was, was trying to smuggle in jelly beans and you wouldn't help me stop them and you're like they were using portuguese man of wars to bring guns into our city <laughs> okay man that's fine <laughs> Someone hollowed out a whale shark and started cooking meth in there. <laughs> Dude, how rad would that be? It'd be super great. I think we both agree on that. I think 100% we can agree that that would be amazing. Especially if it had like just a propeller to push it around coming out of its butt. It was... <laughs> Perfectly normal whale shark floating three quarters of the way above the water over there, boss. Yep, nothing suspicious about that. Oh, that's some weird meth smell coming out of that shark. I think smells like iodine and... Ozone, what's going on with that? Oh, I don't know, but I think it's in their natural life cycle for them to belch yellow smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So they they get an invitation to the villain's club, mm -hmm. and they all show up there, and they're like, oh, it's time to do some recon. And I, this, I got it. this is the most disappointing thing. Yeah. I, I know it's because they're setting up for the inevitable fucking shit sequel. Which, dear God, please, China, if you are listening to this podcast, do not, do not, I know you guys determine what movies get sequels and what don't now. This does not need one. No, it really does not. This can be a one and done. So, we don't get a Baywatch Nights reference when they go to a nightclub to solve a mystery. Yeah, they showed up, and when we didn't get the Baywatch Nights reference, my immediate thought was, oh, they're waiting to do a sequel, and the sequel will be called Baywatch Nights. Yeah, but I wanted... You know, like the amazing shit that was, uh, folks. If you haven't watched the uh, the just the intro to Baywatch Nights in a while, go check it out because it is it's some stuff. It's a magical time. I mean, you've got David Hasselhoff in like a white trench coat and you know a suit solving mysteries at night. It ends with and Lou Rawls as huh. I mean, that just I forget what he plays on the show, but the fact that it starred Lou Rawls in an and Lou Rawls as credit. Huh? Where was that in this movie? This movie, I, I don't know if he's dead or not. F sorry, Lou Rawls. I don't remember if you're sorry, dead. Sorry, Lou Rawls. I know that you probably listen to this and or your ghost does. <laughs> One of those. 
But I wanted I wanted to see The Rock in a dumb white leather trench coat. I wanted to see uh, the extra characters show up that had only showed up for Baywatch Nights. But nope. It is just we are going to be at a club in our our club attire except for The Rock who just shows up in his I'm a lifeguard shirt. Yeah, because Baywatch Nights didn't have CJ or... Um, Who's Alexandra Daddario? It's Yasmin Bleeth, right? I think so. That's who she's basically supposed to be. So that's missing the other super blonde from the original Baywatch because she was more about the knights, and that was Donna Dierico. Uh huh. If I, I like, I said I, I didn't really watch these shows. I'm Man, just, I never watched a single episode of it. So mer. I'm literally going off remembering the publicity for Playboy shoots. Huh. That's all I remember. Like, oh man, Pamela Anderson, because she did that Playboy shoot, you know. Not that I saw them, I just remember the publicity from them. Yep. The same thing with uh, Donna Dierico, finally getting naked for Playboy. <laughs> and here's Yasmine. Here's Yasmin Bleeth again. Uh, also, here's, I don't know, some other woman who was on this. Sh- here's Lou Rawls. <laughs> Lou Rawls. Lou Rawls hangs dong for a very special Playgirl. <laughs> Oh, uh, good lord. But no, so, not a single reference to Baywatch Nights. No, and all that this scene does is they kind of figure out that there's some company that they are shipping fish with that they don't normally get their fish from, which is probably where the drugs are, and Zac Efron's character gets drunk and makes an ass of himself. Yeah, and betrays the team again. Yeah, he's like, oh, you were supposed to be the lookout, and you you just got drunk and didn't do anything. How dare you? Although, how he was supposed to help as the lookout... When they were like, you're the lookout. Pretty okay. nebulous, right? And then they, when they almost get caught, they are like deep inside where the kitchens are. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, unless you wanted him to go with you, there's no way he could call out that someone was coming to get you because you were in the building somewhere. Yeah. I, it didn't make any sense to me what he was supposed to be doing. What was he going to do in that situation? Like, oh man, the woman is going into the into the kitchens where they went in earlier to investigate their fish hunch. Uh, kaka, Given that we do not have walkie-talkies or any way to really communicate that would matter, uh, I I guess nothing. I also like that in order to get into the kitchen, they needed to have Victoria Leeds, the villain, not watch them for a couple of seconds, which they did by having Ronnie do a dumb dance. Yep, Ronnie does a stupid dance to keep her there, but even then, they're like, oh. Great. Uh, we just walked into this kitchen anyway. It's not like it really mattered. I gotta, no one stopped them. No, no one gave a shit. I, I, I got to say, I did like CJ's outfit here, which was basically like a ridiculous bra and dress situation. Yeah, that was... It was over the top, but it was it was appreciably over the top. It looked rad. Yeah, it was like, man, that is... Uh, that's You've gone past the point of this being weird to just being fashion. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to go on a secret mission to discover some important secrets. I better, I better dress like I'm on a runway. Yeah. And she didn't do anything in this one. I mean, no, at least her- everyone else had some sort of thing they were supposed to be doing. But CJ was just like, no, nah, I'm just here to dance. You go dance near the pool, CJ. Okay. You never let us down, CJ. I sure don't. Wee. <laughs> uh. Anyway, they did, this is this is what I mean by fish hunch. The They... Go in there and see a barrel of fish being wheeled around from Angelo's Fish Company. And The Rock goes, wait a minute. These guys always get their fish from Flynn's. And I'm like, dude, do you ever look at the ocean? <laughs> like, have, have you ever once in your life been like, whoa, that surfer's over in the swimmer area. I should get him out of there before he bonks some swimmer on the head. Nope. Whoa, there's a riptide. Everyone should be careful right now. No, because he's busy figuring out where hotels get their fish from. Yep. 
it also, is, he's dressed like a fucking stevedore. It is amazing to me. The The whole thing is so weird, and the reason it doesn't work as well is because of that whole incongruous tone of what's important. Like, they just set up so much that it's like, yeah, we need to do whatever to save people so we save lives. If you don't aren't paying attention to the beach, if you, if you ever even, like, take a nap or doze off, someone dies. Anyway... I'm going to leave for five hours and go to the hospital and pretend to be a doctor. <laughs> and not have anyone... Again, we talked about this. There are other lifeguards on the beach. And he's in charge. He's the boss of lifeguards. Yes. And he's never like, hey, you, cover Tower 1, because I have to go off and think, deal with a hunch I have about a morgue. And nope. Instead, he's just like, well, no one will drown today. Goodbye. I used my super lifeguard senses, and I can tell everything's going to be fine today. And it would have been perfectly fine if someone hadn't set a body as a trap. So all he's saying is, unless criminals are here creating problems for me, my job is literally to look muscular and jog around. Yes. Because I don't need to be at my lifeguard tower unless there are criminals. Thing is, he saves, like, a dude in that first opening scene. And then a family. And then a family right afterwards. Yeah, and, and those people are the only people in this movie who are in danger in the water and not because of criminals. Yes, everything else is criminals. Yes, because there's a boat on fire. But the fire was set to kill Oscar uh, uh, Oscar Martinez from The Office, who is a council uh, man in this uh, movie who goes too far and pushes too hard against Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra, or Victoria Leeds. So she has him killed and then has the boat burned, even though there's like models or something on it. Yeah, but, oh, they were on my super drug, so they won't remember anything. Yeah. I guess that's a side effect of this drug we don't know anything about. If you want another example of the kind of line that just makes you groan and look away from the screen for a couple of seconds until your shame passes... When the rock gets onto the burning boat and finds one of those high models, he picks her up and puts a life vest on her, and she says, okay, if you want to, you can take me now, but you have to do it quick, okay, because the boat is on fire. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole thing of, like, the sex humor with the boobs and the dicks and whatnot, just none of it. It's all so badly delivered. Well, that's just the sort of line where, like, this woman's freaking out and dying, but the rock is so hot that she's like, "Ooh, I could probably try and fuck this guy right now on this burning boat real fast." Yeah, and it just it does never lands. It, it just doesn't. never lands. It doesn't. It just feels stupid it, every time. Yeah. The uh the whole morgue scene is because the councilman died, they're going to go check it out and see what's going on with him. Oh, that is the worst fucking. That was that was the point where I was like, "Maybe we could leave. Maybe I could pretend I know what the end of this movie is." <laughs> but they they go in there, and they're going to be like, oh, we looked in the record, and it says there was no smoke in his lungs, but he had broken vertebrae. Oh, he, he must have died before uh, the boat was on fire. Must have died before the boat was on fire, Scoob. But then, God, there is, again, like a fucking five-minute scene of them being like, hey, here's a, here's a fake dongus. And we're going to make Zac Efron touch it. Which is weird because this scene immediately follows the dramatic apology scene where he's like, I know I fucked up at the hotel. I know. I'm sorry, okay? I grew up in a foster home and I don't know how to be good to a team. I'll learn. I'll throw my gold medals into the ocean, okay? I promise. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll give you one more chance, but we have to take everything seriously. Now touch this dick. Yeah. And I'm going to take pictures of you touching a ball sack. Okay, great. Thanks, The Rock. Thank you, this movie. Thank you, the script for this, which is the worst thing ever. And then the two thugs show up, and so they all hide in that cold storage body refrigerator thing that's in morgues. Yep. And Goop starts falling on Zac Efron because he parked under a fat person. And 
my immediate thought when that happened was, oh, dude, you have one of those like surgical masks. Just put that surgical mask up and it'll hit the mask instead of your face because that's what you're freaking out about. Yeah. And no, he doesn't. It, he just lets it keep hitting him in the face. Yeah, and going in his mouth and stuff. Or, you know, rolling over slightly. One of those. You know, moving even a little bit. No, and these guys just lie there perfectly still while Goop falls on him. And eventually he can't take it anymore, so he kicks his way out of the body fridge. And then they have a, the, the dumbest chase scene ever. Yep. The rock chasing after a dude. And, and Zac they, Efron and the other dude just disappearing from the film for a while. Yeah, he's like, I'll chase this guy. And then we that just handles itself off screen. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to know what happened there. But The Rock chases the dude. They get into like a jet ski race, and then they fight in a little kid's room. And again, they're, they're jet ski racing around what are clearly like those canal parts of southern Florida where there's a bunch of houses around like saltwater rivers and stuff. Yeah. Because there's all these like ramps and, and uh, slow docks and old houses and stuff. And yeah, they end up in a fight in a little kid's room where the man, the the villain takes out the phone and menacingly. Oh, there's. A, so I'm sorry. Alexandra Daddario's character Summer took some pictures and video of the two guy, the henchmen, switching medical files on the corpse uh, so that they could cover up a crime. Yeah. Uh, and Alexandra Daddario's character caught the whole thing on a camera. There. That's why all this shit is happening. The guy takes out her phone, which is the camera, and breaks it in front of the rock. And the rock's like, "Oh, now you're gonna get it." He's like, gonna get what? It went on her memory card. He didn't break the SIM card. Just, like, yeah. guys, but just get the phone. It's still recoverable data. I think probably the only gag that I even remotely liked was this scene, because they're just hitting each other with random crap in a little kid's room, and the thug guy picks up a picture of the kid, and the rock's just like, whoa, whoa, do not hit someone with a baby picture. That is just wrong man show some class and the thug's like oh man yeah you're right and he goes to put it back and then he like swings it at him and i go all right that was a decent little gag thank you you had some some nice little quips back and forth you had a set piece that worked good job movie for a second you got your tone correct i i guess anyway they they go back to the they, they, they get in trouble again and they have to go talk to uh rob hubel's character and Rob Hubel's like, why did you guys go on a friggin' jet ski race through southern Florida? You know your California lifeguards, right? <laughs> what, what happened? What, what's going on? And they're like, well, we were chasing bad guys because they destroyed all the evidence against us. That's dumb. You're, you guys are... Stop it. Dumb. Get out of here. This is also the scene where we, get, uh, we have to hear Zac Efron say, uh, you people? Like twice in a row? Yeah. Because people keep talking to them as if lifeguards are a class of people. And then he's like, you people, what do you mean by that? And, you know, it's he's ta- he's saying that to, what's his name, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, the guy who plays the cop in this, Yeah, who's like, what, what what's going on? Why are you, why are you ag- aggravatedly saying you people at me? You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> I, I am a black man. You cannot just keep saying you people in shock at me. Yeah. And then The Rock's like, yeah, you got it, brother. We understand each other. Let's, let's do some fist daps or whatever. <laughs> some fist daps. Yeah, man, you know, some fist daps. You know, you get them daps. You get them daps, dude. That's What What, what else do you think you're going to get? Huh? A little a little dap. You get a little dap will do you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like that The Rock's big victory line in this movie finally acknowledges what race he is in general, oh. which is one of the greatest mysteries in all of Hollywood. Oh. When he goes, he just goes, I'm oceanic, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, so they get one last chance to go back to the beach and do lifeguard shit like they're supposed to. And they don't. They immediately go to a hotel and make Zac Efron dress and drag. Yep. 
And, and nothing comes of this. There's no point where he has to confront anyone while he's dressed in drag or whatever. No. He just puts on a dumb dress, adjusts his balls a bunch of times while in the dress, and looks through some windows and stuff, and that's the end of that scene. Yeah, they were just like, oh, we need a disguise. And then they both show up. The Rock is dressed as a chef. Efron is dressed as a lady. Uh, Efron is dressed as specifically the evil lady that made the chipmunks smuggle diamonds in the chipmunk movie. <laughs> And you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I and, do. And you know I'm right. <sighs> Man, and like you said, nothing comes of it. It's just a joke of, a dude is in drag. Is that not funny? Look at this. Anyway, fu- we had no other ideas for this. <laughs> look at this gross leather bag full of way too many antlers in a dress, everybody. Good job. Oh, look at all them muscles. <laughs> look at his Gigi Allen style skin. Isn't this great? Look at it. He's wearing a dress. Yeah, man. We we put a just twenty pounds of hamburger in this ten pound bag and here it goes. <laughs> oh, and for the record, I mean the cartoon Chipmunks movie because because I I don't know if anyone if there's a diamond smuggling plot in any of the three or four live action ones. I don't know. I'm sure David Cross probably wanted someone to smuggle some dry, diamonds at I, some point. It's got to have happened, right? I mean, he probably had to eat some chipmunk poops and then also smuggle some diamonds. Yeah, probably. But I'm talking about the one from like the '80s where they have to where they have to run around all over the world in balloons to yeah, the tune of diamond dolls. It's the around the world in 80 days with chipmunks and diamond smuggling. Yeah, that one, that movie, which that movie's amazing. Yeah. It's got the Wooly Bully song in it. and Yeah. Like I was saying, it's got Diamond Dolls, which I love that song. <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's where Zach Efron has to dress as the evil lady from that movie. Yeah. And then uh, they get caught again, and Mitch gets fired. Mitch gets fired, and, the, and uh, Hubel puts Efron in charge. He's like, all right, Brody, you're in charge because you're a big dumb idiot, and I think I might be able to control you. And then, of course, we get a scene where... Brody has to go out and face all of the other lifeguards, and you know we get reminded that they exist briefly. Yeah, we are reminded that there are, in fact, other people in this movie. Yes. So there's all the other ones, and they're like, how could you do it? How could you take Mitch's job? And he's like, I didn't want to take Mitch's job. I wanted Stephanie to get Mitch's job, but it was a big trap, and I was going to get fired if I didn't take this, and I want to keep helping you guys. We can't accept you now. None of us trust you. And then the only bit of credit I will ever get this movie... Uh, the Rock shows up and shuts down this dumb subplot. I mean, he goes, guys, come on, stop fighting over that. That's fucking stupid. He's not really in charge. Everyone knows that. Let's just move on with our day. Anyway, goodbye. Yeah. I'm going to go work at a Sprint store. <laughs> he goes off to work at a Sprint store. And meanwhile, one of the things that happened earlier in the film, which is when they have a discussion over the things that lifeguards have to do besides save lives, which consists of stop a diamond smuggling ring, uh, Let's see, what else was there? Uh, a school of manta ray. Flying, stinging manta rays show up and start stinging people while flying. Yeah. And also, beach grifters, which are thieves on the beach. No, sand grifters. Oh, I'm sorry, sand grifters. Sand grifters really sounds like it's something out of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Doesn't it? It's like, oh no, sand grifters. We'll have to use our magic dancing martial arts to stop them. Ha. Huh. But <laughs> But no, it turns out that we get to see some sand grifters in this movie. It's two people, who one of whom has a cooler with a robot hand at the bottom that steals things when he puts them down on it. Yeah, it's got a little trap door at the bottom of the cooler so he can place it over things and then close the trap door and steal but, them. But it makes a hilarious noise when he does it. It goes... Well, yeah, because you need to know that there's a robot thing going on behind you. And no one looks back and is like, dude, is a fucking Autobot transforming behind me? What is going on here? Yeah, the thing is so goddamn loud. So, anyway, he stops them, and then he realizes, oh, wow, now that I have their cooler that's a robo-thief, I can use it to steal evidence from the police that'll exonerate Mitch. Anyway, that happens, and then all it leads to is, well, we have to go onto the villain's boat and do a bunch of shenanigans. 
Yeah, which is the villain is uh, kidnapped the last uh, landowner to not sell to her, and she's going to kill him because apparently if he dies, the land just goes back to the city? Or something, I don't know. Or it goes to someone who might sell to her. No, they they say, oh, do they if, he say is, if he is dead, it will go to the city, and the city will give it to her. They even have a scene where they have to talk about him. Like, Hannibal Burris has to have this moment where he explains who, who this guy, this uh, Chen, is. And he's like, look, Chen's super clean, and he's not actually rich. The only holdings he owns are the buildings that you want to buy from him. He's he's not a rich guy. He's just a local, friendly beach owner. Yeah. And, and uh, so... And she's like, well, maybe I'll just seduce him or something. And he's like, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to blackmail you. And she's like, okay, duly noted, I'll have you killed. Thank you, goodbye. Hey, goodbye. Yeah. That's the whole, that's their whole conversation about this fucking landowner guy. Yeah. So they rescue him from the boat. And then some stuff happens. And then they have a fight on a fireworks barge. And then Priyanka Chopra gets shot with fireworks. Yeah. Oh, and also Mitch comes back from retirement because Hasselhoff shows up to tell him to. Yeah, that's that is our big... Hasselhoff reveal. Although I gotta say, the opening credits mention and with David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson. So it's not like, oh look, they managed to get them into the movie. It's oh, I knew right from the beginning that they were gonna show up, and so you just spend your time going, All right, what what side character are you gonna be? Alright, so so he shows up as sort of himself, as the original Mitch Buchanan, rather. Yeah. Uh wearing like old man beach clothes in the sprint store, and he's like, What are you even doing wearing shoes like a working man? You need to get out back out on the beach where you belong. You're right. I will get back out on the beach. And we'll tell you about uh, freaking Pamela Anderson's cameo here in a second because it is the worst. Yep. It is, it's like the movie decided to end by just flaring its butthole and taking a dump. <laughs> uh, so there's a bunch of action sequences. People get hit on, hit on the head with heavy things. People are rescued. Zac Efron is pushed into the water in a cage. He thinks he's making out with Alexandra Daddario, but it turns out he's actually getting air breathed into him by the rock. He goes, ew, a lot. Yeah. Like, I swear, it's like a good three minutes of him rolling around and going, ugh, dude mouth. It's like, dude, you're a professional lifeguard. You had to do CPR training to be where you are. You had to. Had to. There's no way you didn't do this. For him to be like, ugh, gay stuff, no, dude. It's like, no, if there's anyone in the world who's cool with it, it's lifeguards. Huh. If there's anyone else who's cool with it in the world, it's gay dudes. And, and it's in that order. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, God, that the final showdown is just sort of a fight between two thugs we don't give a shit about and The Rock and Efron, and then the, uh, like, the firework barge or whatever they are on is shooting stuff off, and so the helicopter that uh, Victoria is going to get away on can't land. And- yeah, and it's being it's firing off the fireworks because our budget Josh Gad in the uh, over in another boat is at the controls of the fireworks machine, which he does not know how to use, even though he's like some sort of computer whiz genius. Yeah, but then CJ kisses him, and it makes him I I don't know smarter, Com- competent at computers. He's like, oh, I don't, I've never seen this before, and I have no idea how to do this. I think this is the training program for all fireworks technicians, is that you, they get, they get uh, kissed on by a hot lady, and all of a sudden they know how to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, that's all you need. That's why it's such a popular like, community college class. <laughs> uh, and so... One unit, wear loose pants. There is uh, the one final thing where the, the rock just sort of distracts and delays victoria enough with a stupid speech yeah so he that, has kind of an aquaman speech so that before he can like she can get away he pulls one of the uh tubes out 
right as it's going to go off and blows her up. Yeah, blows her up. The villain in this movie is exploded into bits. And then it's revealed that The Rock is super high on pure adrenaline that was injected into him by a sea urchin. Yeah, we at the very beginning, we see a sea urchin and he's like, hey, you know, that'll make you all full of adrenaline and make you as strong as 20 bulls, but then you'll say some weird shit and then you'll die. And then we see it again on the side of this barge, and he has to mention again, like, hey, do you remember? You remember those sea urchins? Watch out for them. They're on the side of this barge. You're like, dude, you didn't have to do that. We all remember. Yeah, we got it. We're up to speed. Carry on. Nothing interesting has happened between then and now, so it's not like we were going to forget. Yeah. Uh, And so he manages to survive, even though he was stuck with the you die. uh, Yeah, you die in five days, five steps or whatever. So he but instead he just gets a shot and he's fine. Yep. Um, And Priyanka Chopra is straight up blown into chunks. And uh, then Rob Hubel's character gets punchified. Yeah. And uh, Rock turns out to be friends with the police. And then the end. Yep. Except the end is they're all sitting around at at some beach restaurant. And they're all eating. And, uh, you know, Rock stands up and says, all right, the three of you who were trainees, you're not anymore. You're full-fledged lifeguards. Now, I want you to meet our captain. She's been running our Hawaii division for a while. It's Pam Anderson, and she's going to walk out in, in, oh, man, she's wearing, like, some gray garden shit. She's wearing, like, an 800-pound suit. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those, like, white pantsuit, but it's open to sh- reveal your cleavage. Yeah, with a giant hat situations. Yeah. And she comes out in super slow motion and sits down on the, on the table facing away from them and kind of looks back a little bit at them and so on. Just doing the whole hair flip thing. Yeah, and, and they're all like, wow, she walks in. Yeah, even super slow motion. This is going to take a while. And that's it. That's, that's all how it get. ends. It ends on the like, sixth slow-mo joke. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, if you had been saving the slow-mo joke for now, mm-hmm. that might have been a decent way to end this. You didn't. Yeah, I see what I wanted. Here's how I could have ended this and made it useful. I want you to meet Casey Jean, our captain from the Hawaii division. She should be right there, and he points, and she's not. And then off in the distance, you can see a car moving in super slow motion down a road. Like, there's other cars just going past it. It's going, it's like, it's like four miles an hour. And you zoom in, and she's in there just going, vamp, vamp, and just but always in slow motion. And eventually, she gets out of the car. The door opens all slow, and they're like, yeah, she'll be here in a minute. This is, this is kind of how she lives. That's, that's the joke you needed. And that's the movie. That is 100% the movie, and you get some outtakes and stuff that are... More boner and dick jokes. It's like, apparently there weren't enough jokes about boobs in this movie, so here's a few more for you. Yeah, it's... God, this whole movie, just, motherfuck me, it is terrible. It's just a bunch of boob jokes. I mean, I I knew it was going to be, but it was worse than I expected. Uh, So there you go. This was... It was just disappointing. I mean, I just sat and watched it in grim silence. There was no point where I was like, eh. Yeah. Nothing. I I mean, there were a couple other people in the theater we were mostly alone for this one yeah we got some making out done but don't worry about it yeah yeah we still managed to watch most of it oh yeah yeah we didn't miss much i mean nothing is going to put you in the mood in this movie so yeah we were just sitting there in silence i think i heard like a chuckle for the rest of the film from anyone else in there it was just people going like yep this is a movie i'm watching yeah and it was such a waste because i'm i'm watching this going all of these people are acting well. Like, they have been given the worst lines and script and direction to do, but they're doing their best by God. I mean, The Rock is still The Rock. He's still great, but it's he doesn't have anything to work with here. No, it's I, this might be The Rock's worst movie. 
I mean, it very well might be. I have, I, seen, I have seen the Tooth Fairy, and I was like, oh, that was okay. Yeah, this this very well might be the worst movie The Rock's ever been in. I'm, I'm certainly going to give it the lowest rating I would ever possibly give a rock movie. Yeah. So, there so you go. Let's uh let's get into the best and the worst. Let's let's start with the worst so I will give you more time to think of a good thing. Oh, that's fair. I'm already set with my best. Oh, really? Yeah, Great. Yeah. Hit it with me. Give me your best. Uh then. the character played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who was LRB the police officer, uh-huh. was was fun because his whole thing was would you guys stop acting like cops? Yes. And he was good at it. He had a good sort of he had some good jokes to him. He was a fun person to watch on screen. He was I mean, he's not in the movie very much, but his whole thing where he's like, there's no such thing as lifeguard pursuit. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, lifeguard pursuit is just some guys chasing some other guys. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, I, I thought the character was was fun and, and put upon. And so definitely my favorite part of the movie. What about you? Uh, I mean, I would be inclined to agree with you. I'll go ahead, though, and say. Just give it Hannibal Burris. Just like, get the other guy. <laughs> Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the the fight scene in the kids' room. Okay. I was like, that was a well done scene. That looked like a, that really looked like a scene out of Bad Boys. Yeah, that's that's the thing is I'm like, oh look, you found a tone that sort of works that is action and comedy mixed mm-hmm. without it being just the most bare bones, not trying, stupid shit jokes, and then like action sequences that are just meh. Yeah. Yeah. So that one felt interesting. It had a decent bit. And so for that small amount of time in the movie, I was like, oh, look at you. You you had the potential to do something decent, and you didn't. Yep. So worst thing then for you? Uh, the biggest waste in this movie, I'm, I'm going to say the fact that it's not a full parody in general. Yep. Uh, the fact that it's trying its best to set up an action franchise at the same time is just so disheartening. I, I guess that's the only way they could get the budget to make it. Was like, oh, well, we'll also put in some spills and chills and thrills and... Dills I, and fills and lills. Some dongs and, and thongs and sarongs. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if this movie had just committed to the parody and had a bunch of jokes about how Baywatch didn't make any sense and jokes about Baywatch nights and about all the characters that showed up on that show and stuff, that would have been okay. But the fact that it was like triple X with a Baywatch filter... It was just it just made the movie boring for me. Yeah. So there you go. That's me my least favorite thing. And what about you? I'm gonna say the worst thing in the movie for me was definitely I'm gonna say the whole morgue scene. The whole thing was just all right, what is this about? Uh we have a stupid goal to to do, and all of our jokes are Teehee, you are touching a, a dick and balls, and then oh my goodness, you are on a dead person, and it was just the laziest, like most who gives a fuck writing, and it went on for so long. Yeah. Like, I- it's one thing to be like, haha, I made you touch a dick, and you're like, okay, that would almost be funny, but it just drags on yeah. and on. I think we should also throw a special honorable mention for worst out to the fact that this movie casts a whole bunch of women that are good actors and, and you know, look the parts and everything and then proceeds to have them do nothing. Oh, yeah. No. As we mentioned at the beginning, basically all the ladies in this are just prizes to be won. Yes. Ronnie ends up winning CJ. Fucking uh, Brody ends up winning uh, Summer. Summer. And, and then Stephanie is not a character, so who cares? And Stephanie still sort of exists somewhere. Yeah, it, so it's, it's, it's just disappointing. Yeah, the whole thing. You're like, man, this is just sad. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, so that's that. Let's... Oh man, that poor that's that ending for CJ in this movie was the stupidest thing. It's just what's this Ronnie waking up in on a couch and realizing he just had sex with her and he completely forgot. And she comes in and she's just like, "We just had sex. It was amazing. Do you want breakfast? I'll make you pancakes. Look at my butt. You're just like, oh my god, show some agency, please. Yep. And uh, yeah, it is just sad." Just real sad. Yeah. So let's uh, give this our rating. We're each going to give it a one to five. That'll give us our rating out of ten. Jeff. One. This movie didn't even make me laugh, and it's a comedy movie based on Baywatch. I should have had a couple of chuckles. I'm not even giving it the pity half for something interesting happening or whatever. It failed at its core mission. Make me laugh. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a one, two. I I mean, most movies, I would give it at least an extra .5 just for having The Rock in them. Yeah. But this, this wasted The Rock so badly. No, this trapped so The Rock. Badly yeah. That I'm, I'm taking away points from it for that. Yeah. It is a one because it failed on everything. It wasn't an interesting action movie. It wasn't a funny comedy. And it wasn't a new take to parody, the Baywatch. Nor was it an interesting way to, like, reboot or remake Baywatch. It just failed at everything. Yes, it was just... And it's not like there aren't movies like this that can work. Like John was saying earlier, the 21 Jump Street remake was actually funny and fun. You they could took do the, that. They took the whole thing and made it an over-the-top, goofy parody, but they kept the goofy high, so, so it worked. Yeah. This did not work. No. So, I mean, we're giving it a 2 out of 10. This is just not good. Like, it's not even one of those, oh, man, you should, like... Go with your friends and laugh at how bad it is. It's just no, it just fails to be a decent movie. Yeah, and we've hit the point in the world now where I don't want to make the titillating recommendation of oh, there's a lot of sexy ladies in bathing suits because there's a lot of sexy ladies in bathing suits on the internet, dude. There's whatever you want to see on the internet. Yeah. It don't matter. You don't need to, this movie will not provide you with the boobs and butts or or for that matter with the boobs or the abs and butts of of sexy men either. I mean, the rocks in it, sure, but I. I mean, who else are you hoping to see of a sexy dude in this movie? Because Zac Efron is messed up. Yeah, and honestly, there are so many better movies where you can watch The Rock in him if or, you want to see The Rock. Or Zac Efron, because he's hotter in every other movie he's ever been in. In this movie, he looks like he's in the first 15 seconds of his transformation into a werewolf. <laughs> uh, All yeah. right, so there you go. Don't go see it for any of the titillating reasons or because you're hoping for some comedy. Yep. Uh, if anyone has told you that this movie is actually totally funny and is a great watch, they are bad people and you should probably stop being friends with them. Mm -hmm. And if they were your enemy, now it all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, now you know. Now you know they're your enemy. Now we know. Yeah. I think we're done here. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We will, of course, be back in a couple weeks with another movie mastery. Uh, we're going to go ahead and have the uh, the survey up for next month's. Uh, in theaters now so go ahead get on there go to systemmasterypodcast.com and under the movie podcasts tab you'll find in theaters now and you'll find the uh surveys there so you can vote get in early because if it's a movie that is going to premiere sooner then we might have to go see that but just get your votes in do that and of course if you've got any recommendations or anything for our standard movie masteries you can go on reddit.com slash r slash system mastery. We've got it pinned there. You can make suggestions, find our big list of movies there. And also, you can help us out by supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash system mastery. You can give us any amount. We'll help. 
Let's us do this show. Let's us go see movies that we hate. The correct amount, by the way, is just a dollar, though. Just give us a dollar. Just give us one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Every one hundred people out there, please give us one dollar each. Yeah, one hundred people, please give us hundred dollars. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, and you'll get our bonus content for the System Mastery Show, and we've got our Afterthought Show. We've got a whole bunch of stuff we do for you. We're looking at getting some more stuff out there, but we do really need to get the support to do it because, man, it is expensive to try and get this shit going. <laughs> kind of sometimes can be, yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much, though, for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks, but until then, you have a good one. <laughs>